Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 422's After Show. what i needed an more, after show more mic time <laughs> you didn't get enough of it this weekend terry it's it was only like eight hours a day eight to ten yeah eight out of 11 days doing uh i mean at least doing back-to-back week you got a week break then you do usdgc and uh the dgbt tour championship yeah so just to throw it out there quick and we'll talk usdgc Ooh, yeah, drama. Was, yeah, and it's funny because I'm, I'm, uh, of course, the Not caddy really. guide was posted, so we'll talk a little bit about some of the changes. But what I'll quickly say is, as of next week, I think you're going to see a show take place, I believe, on Monday. I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, on Monday, Brian Earhart and I will be working on a live show that's going to come to you guys Monday at the USDGC. So, like a six, qualifier like, show, yeah, something of that. We're going to do some other things, but that's six days from now. Uh, of course, and there's going to be a press conference a couple days later. Then you're going to see Thursday through Sunday for the show of uh, both Throw Pink in the morning, USDGC in the afternoons, and uh, then there's going to be post production that's going to be put together as well. All part of your Disc Golf Network subscription, all of those things, and uh, I'm going to be part of that. And then a day or two later, heading out to Bend, where so I'm not. I'm. I'll speak for myself in this case. I am going to be part of the FPO post production. I'm also going to be part of that one show with Brian. And then I'm also going to be doing interviews and other things to get additional content as MPO players come off the, off the course um, during the USDGC show. So that's kind of my assignment. The following week, I am back in the studio in bend and every morning myself and Val every afternoon, Myself, Nate Doss, and Nate Sexton. So that's kind of how uh, things are going to be unfolding. And then everyone's going to take, uh, collectively, take a pretty big, deep breath, I think. Um, largely our live broadcasting. I mean, if we got Silver Series, we have other stuff, but the biggest of the biggest then will be concluded. It slows down. The season slows down. Yeah, very much so. Um, all right. Uh, if you're new to the after show, 
We're here. We largely interact with things that come in off of the YouTube or Facebook chat board. So if there's something you want us to talk about or address, the best part is it does not have to be disc golf related. Commonly it is, but it could be really about anything and everything else. And uh, we could talk about it here. We usually stay clear of politics and religion, but uh, otherwise we're pretty much here for it. Uh, I'm going to lead in the random category of actually downloading something from Netflix and watching something new this week. I watched two. What did you watch over Terry? the over the la- the the journey of to Sweden and back? Uh, I didn't watch a lot of it, but out to Bend and back, I ended up taking in a couple of n- shows that were new to me. One of which is not new to anyone, is my understanding. Uh, but let me find them. No, I'm not watching Dahmer yet, which I know is I'm definitely... Not gonna, I'm not going to bother. Yeah, so <laughs> like Johnny and I lived about... Originally, when that was happening, we were about two hours north. We weren't in Milwaukee yet. But the, a lot of the Dahmer story is taking place within 15 or 20 minutes of where we're sitting right now. And so I'm not going to say it hits closer to home. No. Um, because, again, at that time... We were living two hours north of here, but yes, we certainly knew of it, uh, of what had been going on. So the first show, which is very hit or miss, <laughs> I don't know if I was just delirious one day, the first time I pulled up episode one, I was, I think I was crying at one point, I was laughing so hard, and then other skits and other shows, not one crack or smile. I think you should leave with Tim oh. Robinson. Oh my God, no, it's the best. <laughs> Have you... Have you got to season two? I don't think oh. so. I don't even know where I am. Ah, have you have you got to the coffin bit? <laughs> that now, funny enough, I didn't realize that. That's funny you say that. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook a long time ago, or or some other oh, clip. Yeah, and not maybe you even showed me. It was probably me. I do. I I didn't even realize that was from this show. From this show, I had forgotten it. I'd seen yeah. it months oh, no. ago, and so. Yes, I have seen it. Yeah, I did see okay. it again. It, um, it's hilarious. That that whole season is pretty much hilarious. There's one or two I think that I that fall a little flat. Yeah, but, there's there's but, a number of sketches where I'm did, just like Tim Robbins in the hot dog costume. I was I just saw that so one. funny. <laughs> like, the pro the only problem I have with it here's my uh, it's quick, so great my quick review and it's take great. on it is most most of his I don't I don't want to call them the funniest skits, but a lot of his skits always are reduced to him just screaming at somebody. If you really think about <laughs> a it. A little bit, yeah. Most of his skits that are that that hit are the ones that somehow result in him just screaming loudly at someone. So, yeah, again, I, I realize I'm behind. When did when there's two seasons? Yeah, there's two seasons. Okay. So I'm not that far no, behind. No, I think no, well, I think the last I think that season 2 came out at the beginning of this year. Oh, okay. And season 1 was at like uh, cuz I think I watched that a little over a year ago. Okay. I started watching it. Yeah, th- this was no more. Just so you people know, when I Netflix, which is usually only for plane rides, and chill. Yep, <laughs> it's kind. Of, there's a randomness to it. Usually, I'll go. My my default is to go straight to, uh, comedians stand ups, like the you know a release of a comedian doing their you know their uh, their stand up or whatever. Or Jersey Shore, one of the or, other. Or or Jersey Shore. <laughs> no. Um. That's where I usually default, and then somehow, more often than not, <laughs> excuse me, I'm flipping to some kind of a comedy or something. So that's how I randomly found that. The other one that I'm now only two episodes in, no, one, because I didn't download episode two yet. 
Afterlife? Oh, is that the one that he gets... Ricky Gervais. Oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking then. It, it very much feels like his routine just inserted into a, inserted sure. into did, a show. Did you ever, like, did you ever watch? Like, like, here's my life. Here's how I am in my comedy routine. I mean, obviously, there's some uniqueness to the. Did you ever Seinfeld. watch? You probably never watched extras or anything no. like that. He he's done a couple different series, obviously. You know, besides <laughs> The Office originally, um, where he it's a lot like I think all of his series are kind of similar. I mean, it's hard not to with his sense of humor. Um, where there was one where he basically was a, an actor looking for work, and he took all these just random parts based out of England and whatever. It, that that's what. Mm that one was so uh afterlife kind of i believe if i saw one or two clips felt very similar now different premise but just a feel yeah i i mean i for the most part enjoy ricky gervais the more i watch the video uh watch that first episode the more i realize just how much i love their accent more than anything but uh so that that's that's where i'm at uh, Yo-Yo Sugarfree says, Afterlife is perfect humor slash grief for anyone who has lost someone they truly love. Again, I am one episode in, and I was, I was just, I didn't get time to download more before my flight, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. Good. So th- that, that's as far as I got on uh, any kind of, uh, yeah extra the only other thing that's uh I, I don't know how this would ever get adjusted and i don't know if i ever got around to mentioning it i was so excited not only did i have nobody next to me <laughs> on my plane ride to sweden so like the the nine hour thing nobody next to me for was there three three total seats i was in the way back no one next to me on the way back same thing zero people next to me awesome and even better yet, those that particular those flights had plugs, had uh, outlets. outlets. Oh, yes, unbelievable! Like there's that is my dream world, and it's because I'm a real dork. Is that like, oh my god, I can get on a plane and then get caught up on editing because it just feels like the right thing to do, assuming you have the room to do so. I think my computer just draws too much power, and it didn't work either way. And that effing sucked. Yeah, like, you want to talk s- about a roller coaster? See that. Of like, oh my god, I've got so much editing to do. I've got nine hours. I can edit as much as I want. To then like trying both mm-hmm. plugs next to me, then like trying an adapter, trying everything. Did other things charge? Yes. Okay, so yeah, my odds are that your laptop just draws too just much. draws two inch power because of the because str- the power it requires for the editing software. You've got the uh, probably NVIDIA card in there and. It, it probably just draws too much, and the the system just says, "Yep, get yeah. bent." Nope, I plugged in plenty of other things because that's what I was testing. I'm like, <sighs> so you want to talk about the <laughs> my struggles, the ups and downs of Terry yeah, Miller travel? Ju- just to put it this way, this laptop, like the one directly in front of me, which is a a powerful little guy. Have you thought about using Steve's Chromebook? To edit? <laughs> that's that's the next. <laughs> no, this laptop. Um, when editing, you get like an hour at most out of it. You know, if you're just doing interneting, that's the term the kids use. If you're just interneting, you could get like two and a half to three hours out of it. But if you're doing something as as intense as editing, you get like less than an hour out of it. So mm. anyway, so that's my struggles um, with that. 
Alrighty then. Um, let's talk about USDGC. They released what the caddy guide today. Is the caddy guide saw? because there's the doubles event that's happening, and oh. so the competitors of the doubles event got sent the caddy guide. Oh, so is this? Oh, here it is. Yep. Spectator map championship village. Village. Yep. So uh, throw pink and USDGC caddy guides. Yep. They've the uh, Winthrop Arena. So. Some of the major changes. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And can go back to that one page. I'm going to go on my yearly rant. I think USCGC is a fun event. I think that it, uh, it always provides a great competition. The players are treated well. It's Everyone there is great. I hate that they have an entire page, two pages, for rules of the course. I personally hate that if you throw a shot, you have to look up, whether and you go OB, whether that's OB or hazard, and how many times you can throw, and from where you go next. It's a little, it's the one part of USDGC course I just revile. Anyway, let's talk about the course changes. The first major change is hole two. They've moved the tee pad up and to the left. It's now a par three with a mando that you cannot go over the road. Road slash parking lot. Yeah, yeah it's yeah road slash parking lot. Um, so you have to basically take a hyzer at it. Can you pull all this up um, I, for any of our viewers? I, I probably could if I really, really wanted to. Here, let me send you. Uh, I could probably just look up USDGC. Uh, or you could click on that. Okay, fine, Terry. I can do that. I'm just giving you the shortcuts here. Just giving me the shortcuts, Terry. All right. Let me let me hit F11 here to get full screen and make sure audio is still there. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna do not want to miss. I'm gonna do our voices overlay, Terry, so people will be able to still hear us and see the screen. So hole one, no real changes. Uh, still got the double Mando, 283 feet. Same thing. Hole two, it's obviously moved up into the left here. You can no longer, it used to be down between kind of these two trees oh, area. Wait, I think back was it even further more, back? Yeah. Was it further back? Okay. Down, so it was, yep. Yep. And it used to be a, a solid par four. I, I don't have much attachment to hole two. I know, uh, I think Dixon was saying that it was a really, really great hole. Hole two was a good hole. Mm-hmm. It was tough. You it also provided an instant backup often. Correct. You know, because you play hole one at 283, relatively straightforward, and 10 or 12 minute tee times. But then I feel like yeah. seven out of 10 times, you'd then go stand at hole two and you just have to Because players wait. would clip some of these trees and get stuck and then you'd have to wait. And you and can't wait. You got to wait till they're like really, really clear because more people are pushing toward the actual pin because they're throwing, throwing rollers better, better and shots and things every like year. that. Um, Hole three is complete. What you want to go back up? Oh, okay. Sure. Just noticing that OB is is off the fence again, which is someone is yeah, just uh, just barely off the fence, which is huge to know. Now there won't be any rollers thrown here like oh, there is in every other year, probably not. Yeah, but it is a, a a very solid distinction to make. And also on hole two, someone had said, and they're not indicated here necessarily, but that they had removed the the mozzarella sticks. I don't know. Somebody if they- said that. It's I don't know internet. if that's true. Who knows? I don't know if that's true. This is a big one. Hole, a new hole three. 
Um, whole three now plays from the same T, but it used to come down to, oh to the trees. Now, uh, just right of where this hazard zone is, but now they've actually combined whole three and four. So oh, you wow. play to fours green, which means a, a a big monster shot from the top of the hill what? down down. Hopefully, to somewhere over here, where then you will you will try to play. I, I mean, this says par four. That I can't imagine. This is going to play at like I think four point five. Now it it's hard for me to tell for sure because based on it's hard for me to know where exactly the players are going. Are they going to be able to hit the same spot where they would normally land uh, from well, fours fours drive? If so, then it's going to play similar score to what um, hole four did last year. But it's really hard for me to tell. Exactly. I, I, the reason why I don't think it's going to play quite as tough, and somebody can correct me if they've been out there, please do. B- but looking at this, it looks like once they throw their second shot, that hole three's pin, which used to be fours, is not tucked as much down. It used to be much more horseshoe shaped. So you'd hit that mando and then it would come back down. So if you put your cursor like down here, pointers. Oh, sorry. I feel like if you're watching at home, I feel like the pin used to be here. If I'm looking at this all with the correct, you know, orientation, but, not orientation, no. but I feel like the pin, because you used to have to hit the mando and then it curled back more. I don't think here. so, because if you look at where the, the, the horseshoe of trees, it was always in that horseshoe of trees. Yeah, maybe then. Maybe so it's the same pin. So anyway, I, 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 I think. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very tough hole. There's yeah. no doubt about it, because clearly the hazard, yeah. the hazard on the left side is the number one mm-hmm. landing zone of that course. most people would otherwise be landing in. So, I'll, yeah, I'll be interested to see that. I, I, it's going to be hard until we see where exactly the landing zone for players Correct. are going to be. I don't know what this red dot is here. I don't uh, The drop zone, probably, if you miss the Mando. Oh, you're, Mando? Yeah the, yeah, the Mando line right there. Oh, the Mando line over here. Yeah, oh, I yeah. suppose if you throw it all the way down there, you have to come back. Okay. Hole four is a repeat, kind of, of one of our older holes back from 2019, I believe. Oh, maybe, wow. maybe it was 2018. Um, it's 304 meters. Uh, it, it, yeah, sorry, 304 feet. 93 meters. It used to be double, double Mando, mm. but now there's only a single Mando on the left-hand side. So you can just basically throw a hyzer up there and end up probably around the mouth of, of the trees and pitch up a uh, whole five. Not much different. Still with the Mando. It's a forced water carry over the OB. I think the next few don't have a lot of changes Seven, to them. Eight, yeah. I'll look pretty similar. What's behind seven? Is it still yeah OB? Yeah, yeah, it's still OB. Sure, yeah. I believe the next big change is hole eleven. Oh well, I mean hole nine. You always have to watch because they've done it so many different things every year. every year. They've done islands. They've done whatever. So it's been way off to the right, yeah. way off to the left, but okay. Hole ten again. You have the option to go for it, probably off the tee. Yep. You know that's right. Hole right. eleven is. So the pin looks like it's in the same exact spot, and the T appears to be in the exact same spot. Correct. But you've added a whole bunch of hazard to the right and left, plus OB further to their right and left. Which is always OB. But and yeah. then a big old hazard right where everybody used to throw. That was the landing zone. That was where almost everyone laid through to, and then pitched up and went and then attacked the green. So what they did is they more or less said, everyone want to throw there? Let's put a hazard there. So now you either have to throw short of the hazard or try to throw long of the hazard and hope not to land one of the other hazards. 
at some point you're going to find the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Come on, baby, kick them. Da- no, no, that's Daisy Dukes. That's ah, a, that's a little damn different. It. Damn it. The, okay. Tw- Twelve uh, OB circle. I think that was there before. Really? I I don't recall offhand. I don't recall that being there, but maybe it was. Um, th- no, that feels like that that might be new. The the OB spot there. Um, thirteen is, is, is twelve still listed as a par four. Yeah, par four. Yeah, yeah, thirteen, yeah. which used to be called eight eight eight, is no longer eight eight eight. Eight one eight, bro. It's the eight one eight. Well, here's what we've seen though. To clarify, we've seen multiple pins. We've in seen the, past. the multiple pins, and then they switch by day. The, it usually goes but, like A B B A, so to speak. In but terms of there's no designation of that here. Which I would right. I would think that you would have to have it designated in the T guide, caddy guide. Well, uh, which yeah, okay. which means that it, if I'm taking this as correct, nothing on the island this year. You won't be throwing over the, over the parking. Which is my guess is that they're putting parking there. <laughs> they're, they, if they're expecting all these spectators, they have to have a place to put them. I'm guessing that this is now going to be parking for the spectators and that they're forcing everyone Mando to the left of a tree in the middle of the fairway to keep everybody away from there. And you're going to play, probably play from the top of that mound again. I don't well, know for sure. It's hard to tell. Correct me if I'm wrong, but have have we have... I know the FPOs have played from there. Have the men been always playing from there? I from don't, this new left, I, more I, left tee pad. I don't recall. Because the men, if you put the the, the cursor yeah. in the bottom right corner, the men have always teed traditionally from usually from right next to the yeah, yeah like right, right kind of the corner of where the OB is right there. I don't sure. think anyone can see my mouse. I have that turned off. But oh. yes, down in the lower right, the OB zone. Um, it, maybe not. I don't recall exactly where they tee from. But ultimately, it's now eight one eight. Now let me also throw this out there. If you've Which, been around the USDGC a few times like me, my old self, mm-hmm. this, this basket, assuming it's where I think it is, this basket has been there before. I think one of the years sure. I've been played, this basket's been there before. Now, they didn't have the Mando tree or trees, yeah, Mando tree or line that they have in there now, but there has been a basket there one other time. It was really protected, and it it was frustrating to try and access it because it was it felt like just some randomness when you're trying to throw in from 300 feet so um but it is a par 4 which i think is also very noteworthy cuz this is played as a par 5 i feel like forever hence the albatross right that we saw mm-hmm. by by nico yeah cuz he threw it in on two correct so um well 14 no change as far as i can tell mm-hmm. Uh, hazard, yeah, you know, it, it, that's the downhill one that you play. Yep. Over. A lot of people skip it onto the island, so to speak. Or they um, play off, yeah, way off to the right, and then have uh, a death putt. It's probably elevated. Correct. It has F- been for a few years. Fifteen doesn't look any different. It's still got the same uh, dog leg left. You have to throw it through the triple, the triple mando. The triple mando. Yeah, yeah, that looks standard. Sixteen as well. Sixteen has changed back and forth in different Lots years. Of different ways. It doesn't look like the tee is going to, or the I'm sorry, the basket is going to change this year because we Correct. only see one on the on the actual. Um, caddy guide, so it's going mm. to be your typical. You know, th- probably throw an Anheuser or a straight shot through the trees at it and let it slide up there. Or a big forehand, which we've seen some people do. It looks, if anything... Uh, and Maybe the ropes guess, are a little tighter. That's what it looks like, is that hazard line looks like it's really tightened up. Is, is but, uh, again, by this depiction... And, 
and we see four dots right next to the basket. Did are those um, Mott sticks? Mott probably. sticks yes. still? Yes. Did they? And those were there last year. Yes, they've been there for a couple of years. Fairly, fairly certain. Yes, I know they have. Yep. Uh, hole, see, as we see on hole seventeen, they've got two pin placements as normal. Um, and a t a, a t spot. The the drop zone is down here. It's going to be probably typical rules that they've done in the past where you get three shots at it. If you don't make it, you go up to the drop zone and play from there. So you're not going to see your 12s, 13s, and 14 scores. At most, you're probably going to see an 8 or a 9 at best. Well, maybe a little more than that. But mm, Well, uh, 17, I think. And it's 249 to the A pin, 254 to the other pin. Hearts will be broken. It's hole 17. OB options limited to previous lie. Player must proceed to the island Drop zone after three total OB throws. Okay, so off the T three OB throws. Don't make the man. Don't make the hay bales. Go into the water. However, however it is, and then eighteen doesn't look really much different as well. It's hard to tell whether the ropes are tighter or they're a little wider from last year. Everything, you know, th- this is just a artist depiction. So we will see whether or not um, we the the ropes feel or seem any tighter than they have played in the past. But it's up in your normal position up to the uh, upper left after the big kind of big question mark looking hole. Okay. So that's your Winthrop Arena. Players. So the women uh, after two. So the women do play 17 different and I'm not going to read through every single detail and every single rule, but just in looking at 17 um, it says it in bold advancing to the island green advance only with an inbounds lie on the green or after three OB throws. Um, and then on the women, it says uh, for the throw throw pink women's championships, it says advance only with an inbounds lie on the green or after two OB throws. Okay. So one less OB throw. So something to, Keep in mind, I'll actually go through and probably read all of these uh, as best as I can a little later. But yeah, it's oh. there's no Pil- Pilcher is telling me that I'm right, <clears throat> of course. Yeah, about the parking lot and that uh, there's a spectator map posted that that's going to be VIP parking. Mm. So that's I think that's going to be my secondary job is uh, parking cars. Yes, I will be. No, I'm going to be interviewing uh, people parking cars. I want to be the shuttle driver. I think I would really enjoy. You probably you you do like driving people around. Strange, you like driving strangers around, Terry. And so shuttle driving would be the best for uh, you. The quick side note: after not being home and in my car for almost three or four weeks, or three out of almost four full weeks, it, I don't drive a race car. I don't drive anything special. But damn, I've really enjoyed driving around for the last twenty four hours. It, it you would never think like. You'd miss driving. And I drove Nate Doss's truck a little bit, some other vehicles a little bit, but man, I really missed driving. I don't know. Weird stuff. Ray asks, uh, get Kenny back on the broadcast. We talked about this like last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> Who is doing the commentary? Will the booth be on site again? Yes, booth is going to be on site. Uh, men's commentary, I believe, is going to be uh, Philo, fi- and Philo and Ian again. Mm-hmm. And the women are going to be Charlie, Hannah, and Juliana. Sounds right. That's what I know. Mm. Or at least that's what I think I know. Yeah, well. Is Kristen Starr playing USDGC? No. She's playing throw. She's playing the throw pink. Women's championships. If that's what you meant. Probably. 
But yes, I don't know. Ray's pretty smart. I think he knows what. I think he knows the difference. But maybe he was mistaken. Uh, yeah, I don't know why she would. I mean, because she apparently qualified for USTGC somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where she would have, but um, but I believe she is playing throw pink. She is playing so. throw pink. Mm. <laughs> so Aaron asks, "Is this the mozzarella six course?" Yes, yes, that's where we've seen them few times uh i think it is worth taking a look as everybody's had to qualify for these event these events throw pink women did you see i'm gonna i'm gonna get there one way or another uh it's all under the usdgc uh dust on the board says uh just combine the uswdgc and the throw pink already what do you think think they should be combined I mean, they're just, they're very different. The thing is, they're very... What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, what what titles are we trying to award and what are we trying to accomplish? Because the U.S. women's, from the inception, from day one, has been uh, very much a, a, you know, a large-scale women's only event that caters to all levels. It, It is not a pure focus exclusively on our top... FPO division or our most competitive FPO division. It has always been by nature had anywhere from six to eight to 10 to 22 different women's divisions. And that's what the United States women's disc golf championship always has been. And exactly what it was in Madison last, just this year. Throw pink is, is separate and it is more like the USDGC in terms of its uh, agenda in having women qualify for it that have been playing FPO that are, you know, playing on this very challenging course. And it's just, they have just very different agendas. Understandably, if you're relatively new to the game, I can understand how people get them confused or don't understand why one is this or one's the other because the throw pink women's disc golf championship is not a major. It is, uh, I believe an A tier this year, but it's, but our U.S. women's was a major, and but this is being played alongside with a, uh, an open major. So I, I understand the confusion. Will they come to some? Uh, I, I, it's not going to be a merger, but will there come to some naming that makes it a little bit more clear and or their agenda? Maybe, maybe not. I get tradition and all, but at some point, if you're going to have... The throw pink. If the plan is to always have throw pink and USDGC at the same location at the same time, just combine the events. Make it one event. Make it USDGC with FPO and MPO. And I understand you have the one division, one champion stuff that's been there forever. But if if the goal... And I'll say I don't know the goal. I don't know what they're what what they're trying to do. If they're happy just having it as an A tier forever, then fine. Keep it as an A tier, whatever. Maybe there's a PDGA thing that you know there's too many majors, or there can the PDGA wants to keep FPO majors at a certain number. And if you if you create uh, the USDGC and put the FPO field in it, then that's automatically another major. I I don't know what the status is, but. If the plan is to have Throw Pink as a major and USDGC as a major, just combine them. Like I, I'm, I don't, I get it. It used, you know, it's one, you know, one division, one champion. Ah, 
whatever. We don't, we don't need it anymore. No women ever play USCGC anymore because of throw ping. As long as throw ping's going to be here, women will not play USDGC. So you might as well combine them at some point. Well, one of these days soon, as in the next few, we should, if anything, we should maybe have uh, Sarah Nicholson yeah. uh, on, oh, and, and she could make some clarification. For sure. She, know she, she Exactly. She would know. And maybe, again, like I said, maybe that's not the goal. Maybe the goal isn't to have another major. Maybe the goal is just to have an event, a, a really great event for women here with our USDGC to help shine light, a shine a light on the FPO field. And if so, then I guess that's fine. But I, I swear, I swear, I swear, if if in like two years I see an M next to Throw Pink and an M next to USDGC and they're both at the same course on the same weekend. See, I don't think that's such a big deal. I, why not combine yeah, them? There's just different naming conventions. Throw Pink is is a is I, the title I, sponsor, the major sponsor. I that get we're it. Putting it on, like I I see where you're going. I just, but it do, it clearly does not bother me the way it would bother no, I, you. I just don't understand. I, I do understand. I, I understand <laughs> all the things that that you say about how you know we can add more sponsors. I don't know. It just you might as well. I feel like just make them the same at that point. But. I mean, that's fine. Again, I don't know what the goal is. I don't know what the end, what the end purpose is if there is a long-term plan. And, and it might not be what we think it is. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be. So if, I wish Disc Golf just ran every decision past you first. I wish they did. Just all of just, Disc Golf. Uh, most, Nobody Disc Golfs without talking to Johnny. Most major decisions. Mm. Not okay. saying not saying they have to actually listen to what I say, mm-hmm. but just let me know ahead of time. I would like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like, that. I don't think that's an unfair request. I don't think it is. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, there are forty-one women currently registered and signed up and locked in for the Throw Pink Women's Championship, which confuses me just slightly because I thought I saw that there's a cap of forty, but anyway, forty are, and then I believe there is well, a. Um, there's a play-in, too. <laughs> a play-in, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, that's going to be taking place Monday qualifying, uh, which you can do. And uh, currently, there are eight women that are signed up. And I don't know if that's a- the a- max. Any names? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hannah Wynn, who we've seen out there on the tour in the last, uh, well, throughout the year. Uh, Lydia Lyons, who we've seen. Paige Shu, who lives what, down the road. What has Paige Shu ever done? Uh, oh yeah, she won worlds. <laughs> Sarah Cunningham, who also won worlds. Oh yeah. Uh, Stacy Ronsley uh, is on the waiting list. So right now, uh, it looks like there's eight spots available to pl- for the play-in. Uh, Sorry, there's eight people that can play in the play-in. Okay. Uh, Stacy Ronsley is sitting on the outside of being able to even attempt the play-in. Correct. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Very. Cool. And I believe only one of those eight get in. I. I do. I. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I it probably do. depends on whether. Ever, make sure everybody shows up to throw pink. Uh, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't state. I'm sure. I'm sure in some fine print. I, I think there might. One spot is up for grabs. One spot is up for grabs for FPO. Five spots are up for grabs for MPO. I believe three or five. You don't know. They should have asked you, and then you would know. I think they did ask me. <laughs> and I was sleeping like Steve Dodge. Mm, that's a good call. Um, I, 
eligible Monday qualifying uh, top five scores. All right, five. I was right. Oh, you can join the wait list. There are 124 competitors currently signed up for their chance to play, and then there's 14 more on that waiting list. And I, uh, I'm going to name off a few names wait, quickly. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, do you want to name off your names? Do you want me to go my little rant uh, first? Let me name off the names. Okay. It's, it's, here's some names. No disrespect if I don't call off your name, but some names that jump off this page at me that are trying to qualify. Aaron Doyle, Andrew Fish. Um, uh, Brian Schweberger, Charlie Goodpasture. Colton Montgomery, PDJ's own Danny Voss. Come on, Danny. Just make a donation to me. David Wiggins, uh, Dustin Keegan, Elijah Bickle, Evan Scott, Harold Duvall. Uh, I wonder if Harold can pull some strings. (laughs) Johnny McRae. Yeah, I mean, and that's, unfo- that's unfortunate for Johnny because obviously with his uh, heart condition he had, he didn't have a chance to qualify. He, he missed most certainly. of the season. So Chris Oreck, if, if you're a little bit old school. If if I were to put money, I would put money that Johnny McRae qualifies. Nate Perkins on this list. Raven Newsom on this list. I don't see Ryan Pilcher. Mm. Mm, Ryan. Scott Stokely, Silver Lett. Steven Jacobs, an AM World winner from years ago. Uh, Zach Arlinghouse, I'm just thinking of the names. Uh, Zach Melton, Zachariah Johnson. So okay. that's what you have. Now, my small rant. Oh, jeez. Put Stacey Ronsley in a group. Now. Well, why? I mean, there's only eight, eight spots. Eight women get to ch- a chance to qualify. You have one on the wait list for nine. A hundred and fucking twenty-four men get to try for five spots. But the division, it, it, it's I feel like it's representative and corresponds to the it, overall division sizes. So, like, there's ninety or a hundred men that are playing in the USDGC versus forty that are playing in the US or in the. Why, why do we give a hundred and semi-proportional? Why do we have hundred and twenty-four men available to for five spots versus eight women for one spot? Just I, let, I don't let know. Me, you you could. I mean, you could go ahead and I, say I, right. Why I isn't understand. there sixty? Why aren't there sixty qualifying well, positions for women? Well, I mean, and sixty qualifying positions it, for men. And again, we don't I know mean, if we really we, want to be fair. And we, I get it. We don't know if more women would have signed up if there were more spots available. I know there's only one on the wait list, but if I'm a woman and I see one on the wait list already, I might think, eh, I'm not going to sign up. I get that. Like, I'm not com- complaining about that. But seriously, like, just let let her in. Just make a foursome and a fivesome. Mm. And I, I I get that you might want even groups, a foursome and a foursome. And you put them in time. Just put her in the first group available. Let her go. I, I'm sorry. Like, the numbers just feel a little off to me. <laughs> I can name one who would have. So, so um, okay. That, that's that, That's my take on it. Just let Stacey Ronsley in. If 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 she's the only person on the wait but list, but what happens if three more if, people sign up? Th- then, I mean, if if the event is closed and you can't get on the wait list anymore, I don't know. I don't know if they've closed registration. 
Well, I if but again, if 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 she's the only one, I'm saying if you have eight more people sign up, th- then then you have to just say whatever. I'm sorry, you can't. But if if she's the only one, but there's there's also 14 people on the MPO waiting list. I don't care about them. <laughs> they th- there are 124 men available. So uh, 124, right? Uh, yeah. To eight, I I get it. I'm not di- yeah. I'm not dismissing the uh the the disparity between the two offerings. I'm I understand that, <clears throat> but I I don't think you just add one more to make it nine. Like if you wanted to have the argument that it should have been more like instead of 132, it, it and it went a uh, hundred versus thirty, and then thirty-two spots. Like I can understand that that argument, but to add Stacy just because she's also on the waiting list, I, I, from a logistical standpoint, a, that doesn't make any sense. I, to I, me. I agree. Logistically, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> now, if you want to have the bigger argument that there should have been more, but, but there also may not have been a demand for it. C- correct. I mean, yeah, but I mean, because let's look at it this way. The, the, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Uh, Ryan Pilcher says, I wasn't planning on attending this year, but I keep thinking about flying out there for fun. Ryan, I would fly with you if I weren't doing the broadcast. Mm. Sorry. Uh, can I get, can, can I get I'm, on the wait list? I'm going to call this, <laughs> I'm going to assume it's Jason Jarvis says, it's already weird that you have to qualify through excuse me throughout the year to get in where is there a tournament to get in a tournament that already has a field that got in with other events i don't think i've got no problem with the qualification processes that's becoming more and more common and and i can tell you first of all that just happened at gmc and that happened at maple hill yeah um play in this is going to become more common and here's why uh and usdgc has been doing it Literally, I, I, maybe not since the '90s, but pretty close. They've been doing it very early on. Maybe it even was that first year. I don't that I don't know. Anyway, you're going to have a large scale tournament, and and we're, we'll use the just an example. You're going to have a large, a huge tournament taking place in a place like Florida. Let's just say it's on the Elite Series, and someone like Johnny McRae who doesn't have a tour card, let's just say he doesn't have, or better example is Ken Climo, actually. Ken Climo doesn't have a tour card, but the tour is coming to play in Florida. So, in theory, Climo can't necessarily sign up for this tournament on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. However, if there is a, a qualifying event just before the event happens, that gives the locals and others a chance to actually get into the event. So it's not just exclusively people that are already on the tour. So you're going to find that scenario become more and more common because you're going to have a superstar or superstars in a given area that are regional that otherwise have no chance to be able to play in a disc golf pro pro tour event. And it's simply because they're not already on the tour. So if you have a regional or a local qualifying event that takes place just before the event happens, that's how some of those players could play. And I, I, I know there isn't a 
full-time tour stop in Florida, but that's like a perfect example or scenario of how and why they're doing it. It's a, it gives other people an opportunity to get into the event that maybe otherwise couldn't. And so the USDGC is no different. They've been doing it for 20 years uh, in, in terms of having this pre-event qualifying event. It's kind of like Happy Gilmore, right? Like winning <laughs> winning the AM event and then getting a qualification or getting uh, an invite to the pro event two weeks later. It's kind of that mentality to some degree. I would I would have to go back and Dust is asking how come more or less how come not all the big events are qualifiers? Why isn't uh, MVP Open a qualifier? Why isn't Ledgestone a qualifier? Mm. I actually I don't know if Ledgestone was or wasn't. I'm guessing it was. I'm but guessing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, but why aren't all the big events qualifiers? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I know every year they pick a, a, a slate of events. Some of them are big DGBT events. Some of them are are. You know, bigger "quote unquote" A tier events. Uh, I, I don't exactly know what the criteria is that they have picked on in the past, but yeah, it's I, I can't answer. I, I don't really have it. I haven't really had an issue with the qualifying events ever, so I can't. I can't say Terry's going to look up maybe what the qualifying events were. Uh, so there's certain people, also just to clarify, at least from a USDGC Previous winners. Uh, exempt from qualifying and special invitations include uh, all of your previous, essentially all of your previous winners, uh, Climo, Dosh, you know, Schustrick, Schultz, all those guys. Uh, the top 10 from the USDGC the previous year also earn an invitation. Uh, so those people are in. The following tournament champions will receive an automatic invitation in 2022. The United States Masters champion, MP40, so who won the Tim Selinski, which was, was that just Joe Revere? Did he win Masters Worlds? Mm, Joe Revere did not. Okay. Uh, the 2022 Masters World champion, the 2022 United States Amateur champion. Uh, so Paul Kranz uh, won that. That's cool. Uh no no I'm sorry not Paul uh no, the other one yeah yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> uh 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 grow uh Eli Ilkin Ilkin grow thank you Ilkin won the I I just misread this he won the U.S. AMs and then in a playoff over Paul Kranz then Paul Kranz went to Worlds and won mm-hmm. <laughs> AM Worlds so they're both invited uh the 2022 Deaf National Champion in the MPO division and the 2022 College Disc Golf National Champion in men's singles. I wonder if any so, of those people actually registered to play. Uh all of those people and then it went on to I talk about the all list. the other events, Las Vegas Challenge, Throw Down the Mountain, Champions Cup, Texas States, 303, the Challenge at Goat Hill, OTB Open, Portland Open, the Preserve, Baltic Disc Golf Championship. Idlewild, Sula, European Open, Foxwood Open in Ontario, the BC Open in in British Columbia, uh, Ledgestone, Des Moines Challenge, PDGA Worlds, Butler County, uh, the Silver Series event, and Green Mountain Championship. So, so uh, it's a lot of the Pro Tour, but it's again, it's also a few others, a a few others that give other people a chance. For instance, let's just say you're you know Terry Miller, and he, he didn't qualify at. He's on the DGPT tour. He hasn't qualified. He's kept taking, you know, 25th place and it just can't quite get there. He has the opportunity to go say, I'm going to go to Foxwood and try to qualify there. I'm going to go to here where maybe the the competition isn't quite what a pro tour event is, 
but it's you know it's it's good and maybe you can then qualify at that location i don't have an issue i actually kind of like the qualifiers it doesn't have to be every pro tour stop because honestly then you might as well just at that point take the top 40 players of the pro tour and and send them in so i don't mind that i think that's actually a i think they do a really good job at that. and just there would they'd run out of spots as well i feel like if you kept going down with every single one of those events Mm -hmm. you'd i think you'd 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 fill it up with just that well, you have 12, 12 pro tour stops about, 12 to 13, depending on, and times five stop qualifiers at every event, usually. Yeah, and then you're... So you're top 60. Exemptions, so you're already at 70 or 80 people out of 120, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, you, you would run out real fast, so... Ooh, Larry's Angry Squirrel at Victory Park was a USDGC qualifier? Really? This did Not this year, was it? It wasn't on the list, I, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't this year, but it, maybe it was one other year. That's that's uh wow, that's a huge yeah. um feather in his cap for sure. So, all right, uh, am am to make the biggest event? Yeah, okay, same as the college. See that it is neat they're bringing back back previous winners. At one time, they had said, "Hey, even if you've won this event in the past." We are not uh, providing an exemption. I mean, we've seen this thing go through varying levels. Yeah. Of how tight and firm, and and uh, yeah, just how difficult it is to to qualify for this. And they've they've gone back they've, and forth on a number of qualifying cre- criteria and exemptions. They've yeah, they've loosened, so to speak, loosened up their previous champions' uh, qualifications quite so, a bit because you, yeah, because you also get a qualifier if you're with the top ten in the previous year, I believe. So yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, wow, plenty of USDGC talk there Woo! that wasn't necessarily intended. But um, next week, we're going to be in the thick of it. With, we will uh, be. Thursday, Tuesday night. Uh, I will be down there, and so be bringing you, um, yeah, maybe I'll have somebody yep. in, in there with me as we do that. Yeah, for better or worse, this event always provides a dramatic finish, and it's usually exciting right to the end. And the way disc golf, the disc golf season has been recently... I can't imagine how much more exciting we can get. I don't know if, you know, the basket's going to get up and run away or something in the final mm-hmm. 18th putt. I can't imagine anything that uh, that's going to be able to that's going to be able to top some of the things we've seen this year. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be wild. All right. Do we have anything else we're talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be something as soon as we get off. Uh, as soon as we go off air. Um, umbrellas everywhere. Let me scroll up and see if there's any th- other things we need to uh, speak on. Really funny. Uh, Aaron, this was <laughs> very much in the world out there. Uh, Aaron, way earlier, it said, Terry, talk about Paul not talking after he was awarded his second place tour trophy. I get it. You know, there, there's a mild amount of irony when, you know, Paul had just said something about, you know, wishing Kenny was more present. I just, I don't feel like those conversations, those, that's really a good analogy or a good comparison. It was, um, I, I don't really know what there is to say to it. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it because, it, you know, as you heard from, from Calvin and from some others, there's, there's, I think, as a competitor, some of them just don't feel as if their finish and their place, I don't want to say isn't worthy of talk, speaking about, but if they know they didn't win, they largely, 
I feel like let the other person maybe have the moment and That's or what I was have thinking. have the highest accolades or whatever it is. To me, I, and I'll, I'll reverse this for a moment and just say, doesn't it sometimes feel weird? Somebody takes third at a tournament and they give either the longest and maybe it's even the best, but they give the longest speech and the best speech or have the most to say. And at a, often I catch myself thinking, I kind of want. I kind of wish you'd shut up. You didn't win. That's what I find myself. Uh, thinking. It depends. Sometimes, sometimes of it's course, a, not all the time. If I'm if, not suggesting anyone that doesn't win should never talk. I'm not saying that. But sometimes when the guy, like guy or girl, takes fifth, and they're droning on, and I'm yeah. just thinking, man, we've got like three more speeches till we then get to the champion. Oh no! First of all, you should never hand a microphone to anyone that finished under third place ever. Ever. Fair enough. Ever. Which means fourth shouldn't have been no. recognized. I'm not saying they shouldn't be recognized. They shouldn't be handed a microphone. Okay. You could congratulations, Terry Miller, on your fourth place trophy for two. Isn't tour it points. funny then when somebody goes to grab nope. for a mic? Nope. It should be known. I know, like, I'm just saying. I, I would not even hide the fact that I'd hold it away from them. I'm six foot six. Like <laughs> jump and get it, buddy. Mm-hmm. Unless it's germ, then he could just yeah. grab it too. But um <laughs> uh no, no, nobody under third place should ever get handed a microphone. Okay. Um, but there are times like the third place person might have a a really good thing to say. And a, a really, if someone, again, maybe who isn't used to finishing in the top five or the top three, you know, scroll scroll down. David Wiggins Jr. comes out and takes third place. He, he gets up there and talks about how, how, you know, important this was to him. Or whatnot, I kind of don't have a problem with that. As opposed to, you know, and then you get to Ricky, who, you know, who takes first place. Cool. I heard Ricky three weeks ago take first place. Yes, it means a lot to him. Does it mean that much more to him than it did three weeks ago? Probably not. You know, does the OTB open mean that much more than, you know, we'll just say the Ledgestone to Ricky? Probably not. They're both big, great events. So the fact that, We'll say uh, someone like a David Wiggins would take third and have a very heartfelt speech. You're probably getting better speeches out of those guys usually. Now, there are unique circumstances like this weekend with Maple and Simon, you know, that 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 meant probably a little more to him being now the kind of hometown boy winning the MVP Open at Maple Hill. So there, there are circumstances, but in general talking about this pro tour points thing i i don't think calvin wanted to speak and jeff kind of pushed the <laughs> mic at him and calvin reluctantly was like okay fine i'll, I'll say something paul didn't want to speak jeff tried to kind of coax him into something but paul was like it's not my thing and that's fine he either d- doesn't feel like his second place justifies a a talk or he wanted to give the spotlight to ricky who won it in if if you care that much about the tour points in a dramatic fashion coming down to the final putts from players that weren't even them that really made the decision which is which is completely wild that other people have control and it's always the case because you can't control you can only control what you do but the people who came between them and things like that all year long you have no control over any of that stuff. So I, I don't have a problem. I don't think it was disrespectful. I don't think it was, you know, what's more disrespectful, him getting the mic and saying, thanks, everybody, and handing it back, or him just declining to talk. 
I, I don't know this. I don't believe there was anything malicious or disrespectful about it. That, that's what I would say. I think Paul that. just, you know, he again, even even deep down, if he didn't feel like it was worth talking about because he took second. Fine. Give the moment to Ricky, who who clearly, uh, as we've seen with interviews and talking to him, truly believes, at least outwardly, that the points title is maybe the most important thing of the season because it shows his consistency. Now, it's been a while since Ricky won a major. I think, and I think maybe uh, he gets a taste of that major again, and maybe his ideas change about what's more important to him, but... I think it just, you know, right now, Ricky is outwardly saying that he feels that his consistency throughout the year, winning the points title and being at the top of the sport week in and week out is more important to him than any individual victory. Eh, take it or leave it. But that's what the guy's saying. Yeah, I I, I will put a, a bow on this by saying I don't think there was any disrespect and or saltiness uh, I I think he would have declined if he was in third. I think he would have declined if he was in fourth. Um, I I don't think it's because it came down to a final putt by Gannon Burr that he took second that he um was like particularly salty about that. that I heard he gave Gannon Burr a wedgie after the round. <laughs> that's just my guess, though. All right, uh, Aaron is saying Ricky will get USDGC. That's a, a valid, bold prediction. That uh, Ricky is... said ups and downs. There, he took third just last year, two years ago, I, I and he's taken that. some really bad spots as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see. So, I anyway, there's that. Um, has anyone seen? Okay, I, I did see this qu- uh, question earlier by Ray. And Ray, it's a very fair question, has said and said, has anyone here played or seen the new course in Charlotte for the DGPT finals? Does it Nevin. hold up to Hornet's Nest? Uh so I don't I'd only make the distinction it's it's the new location, but not a new course. I think they're gonna have um, some new pin placements and sure. T pads, but Nevin we played Nevin in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, Nevin uh, I was trying to remember when it might. I'm have sure been I crushed it. Uh, uh, I'm sure we yeah. don't even have to look. We won't I, even look at. Don't your, even look at my scores. Don't even look at your scores. Do not look at my we scores. Assume Just assume it was that I crushed incredible. that course. So uh, is as long gold level wooded course shooting par 62 rates about a thousand established in 2009. Um, it funny part is it's just 2.6 miles from Hornet's Nest, so it's not far away at all. It was played in the World Championship, so if you want any any stuff, you can go back to the 2012 Worlds, which doesn't have a lot D- of coverage. Dig up that DVD, yeah, dig up that DVD. But um, yeah, it's it's rated 4.5 on UDisc. Of course, there's different pins and tees and everything else. It's a very solid course. It's a very challenging course. I think about, um, you know, I think about. The Latin, I was there, I think, for the 2018 Worlds, Am Worlds. And I think I was there right around that time as well for a U.S. Masters. And watching Barry Schultz, Johnny McRae, Brian Schweberger, Kevin McCoy, those guys play it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very difficult course. Um, and will it live up? I, I'm just going to say yes. I think it will. The but. funny part is I, I did just go look up the, uh, the, the courses the problem is, I think we were all we're in all separate shifted. pools. They were all exactly. shifted, so there's no good way to determine what uh, what I played. Any unless they have it adjusted properly, mm. I, I wouldn't put any bets on that. 
but uh you shredded i shredded like i mean it says 934 but i'm That's- sure it was mixed up and probably the rounds are messed up because of the pools, and it was probably yeah, and like probably a thousand and thirty-four. Yeah, I was gonna say it probably transposed your numbers. Mm, probably. So rather than nine thirty-four, I, I don't know three ninety-four, no three forty-nine forty-three no. be the best. You they can mixed give me. it up with the score. No, which no, is 60. That, that, no, 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 the best you can give me, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Spock says, "Who owns the older footage? Could we see a re-release in digital formats or streaming?" I mean, it's 2012. Funny. I, was that a DVD? No, I don't think so. I know I filmed some random stuff when I wasn't when yeah. I wasn't playing, and well, that was that, the year that that was the Jomez year, right? That he, he showed up yeah. as well. I have footage yeah. from the finals as well. Um, but Paul and Sarah Holcomb, there's a. After Paul won and after Sarah Holcomb won, I went in and got my own interview with him, just like I'd been doing for two years at that point. So, yeah, I think I held the camera for some of those. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, DGN needs to get their hands on all of the old PDGA World DVDs and USDGCs. Yeah, some of that stuff may not see the light of day. Some of it, some people have the rights to. Some, yeah, uh, I. I understand that sentiment to some degree, but I also feel like there's going to be other entities that also come along. Mm -hmm. And not to say that DGN can't or couldn't acquire it all, but I also feel like there's going to be other services and archivals and things that will be present in our day. I mean, they have. And the PDGA technically owns all, you know, almost all of that as well. Yeah. Just might not be as uh, out there. All right. I think... I think we can give something away, Terry. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. It's been a few weeks. Do you want to do two giveaways this week? I do. Okay. We'll do two this week, and we'll do two next week. Even though it's Wednesday. Because I think we owe three right now. So we're going to do two this week, and we'll do two next week. Patreon.com slash SmashboxTV is your place where you can support the podcast. You can support Terry and I. You can support independent content creators. Not just us, but lots of lots of them out there. But preferably us. Start mm. with us. Mm. And if you have money left over, which you shouldn't because you should be giving it all to <laughs> us. But if you did have some left over, go look for some other cool content creators. Yeah. Um, sure. But don't have any left over. That's all I'm saying. You can be eligible to our weekly giveaway. Uh, we usually do something. Tonight we're going to give away one of these disc member boxes. I'm yeah, we reaching are. for it here. Boom. Um, I need to be careful what I show now because our our screen is so crystal clear now. They might be able to read mm. a read a uh, an address. They could find out where my work is and stalk me or something. <laughs> yes, because that's where it gets delivered. And my, that's where everybody office. hanging out outside my my work. You mm-hmm. know, just waiting for me. Creepy people. Mm-hmm. I see you out there, Ray. Um. All right. We have. 165 people eligible for our giveaway. Let me add it. Let me go to random.org and put those numbers in. I do also want to say, Terry, I'm not going to say anything. I lied. I'm not going to say anything because I want to talk to Terry about it after the show before I say anything publicly. Ooh, that sounds spicy. It's not at all. So spicy. It's, It's the most mundane of things, but I just don't want to say anything. All right, so we have 165 people eligible for this giveaway, Terror Bear. What are we going to draw? What number? They're sorted by first name. 
That was lazy. Ooh. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Um, let's go with we got two of them. Let's go with the second number. Second number. Our first number is eight. Our second number is ten. Wow, a couple keeping it low, low numbers. So we're looking at sure you got low, 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 low. No, please don't. Apple bottom jeans. Boots with the fur. Yep. Um let me look at who number eight is once I can hit F eleven here to go out of full screen mode. And all right, number ten is Andrew Braun. Congratulations, Andrew Braun. You're gonna get this wonderful disc member box. You can be a disc member member as well if you sign up. I think I don't know if they sell a wait list or not, but if they don't get get on it. Or if they do have a wait list, get on it. If they don't have a wait list, get on signing up for this. It's like twenty five bucks a month. You get at least forty dollars worth of stuff. You can't go wrong with that. Come on. Um, no. All right, Terry. We have. And if they uh, do have a wait list, you could probably hawk this for big money. True. So I'm just saying. And we have one more giveaway tonight, Terry. We're going to give away something out of your personal stash. I think. Oh right, yeah. Right out of your bag, I get to pick the disc. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Everybody. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Everybody needs what's in my bag. <laughs> people are like what is I this to know i don't think so mm. all right all right so what are we going uh to- go ahead and grab uh generate it just once the very next person the very next person so as you very can, next as person. you can see this we're still exciting. at number 10 we're gonna hit generate and it is 10 again 69 <laughs> dude <laughs> like we're 12 uh, well, well we are let's be honest if everybody in the world didn't just do that, then they, they uh, have a problem. True. That's true. Come on. Um, all right. Number 69 is <laughs> uh, Ian Anderson from Central Coast yeah, Disc Golf. That's awesome. Um, congratulations, Ian Anderson. That'll so you boy. know what? If you have any extra money, go support Ian Anderson, even though he doesn't need it now because we're just sending him discs. Yeah. Jeez. In fact... Don't tell Ian, but take your Patreon away from Central Coast and send it to us. <laughs> Just kidding. We love Ian. Um, yeah, Ian Anderson. Congratulations, Ian Anderson. We will uh, we'll get we'll get something out. Oh, to I you. got something for all yeah, Ian. You'll, you can get him something. At, you'll just buy him something at the USCGC shop. Uh, probably a whole bag full of stuff. Actually, wow. I was just like, hey, Ian, like a players pack or four. four. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. Um, Terry's going to collect a players pack from me from one. Probably not. Chris Dickerson because. i got other stuff to do. Uh, no, you don't. If you didn't know and you, uh, you are, if you're interested in maybe winning a players pack for USCGC, there's two contests right now and I'm working on a third, but I'm not going to spoil it yet. Two contests out on Skip Base that you can sign up for. They're $10 entry fee. You can win either Paul McBeth players pack the actual players pack that he that the USDGC hands him, he will ship to you, or Chris Dickerson's players pack. So the what? previous two winners, the CDX Slayer, that guy Terry, the wow, <laughs> Chris Dickerson, uh, ten dollars to enter, pick f- uh, six men, uh, player. I think the rating is uh, six thousand one hundred fifty points you have to play with. And please, by all means, we will we will ship that to you. There's second and third place prizes. You can win some. Double G craft jerky? No, you can't. You can? No, you can't. Um, some Paul Macbeth Foundation discs. What? And out of my own stash, I'm going to give away a Chris Dickerson, uh, the C. Dick Slayer, as Terry calls him, the uh, one of his original 
ESP robot chicken buzzes. Damn. They're sitting there right there. There's a stack of them. I'm no, going to take one, and I'm going to hand it to Terry and say, ship this to somebody. You didn't just do I, that. Um, so, and a one-year subscription to Udisc and DGN next year. What? Yeah. So not only can you watch your players compete on Skip Ace, but you can follow them on Udisc as well. So anyway, again, go to skipace.com, go under the event matchup, and then click on the pay-to-play ones. It's $10. All the money goes to the Paul McBeth Foundation. Every last dime, I see no profit from this at all. It's just a lot of my time that goes Do to the I Paul McBeth. Do I get money? Um, we'll work on that. Should I run a Terry Miller found, <laughs> Foundation one? <laughs> Probably not a good idea. <laughs> probably not a good idea. I believe that's called fraud. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying it's probably considered that. fraud. Uh, Ray, we we, we uh, certainly you know I know we didn't gloss on a, a lot of well we glossed over it didn't talk about it at all by not talking about it at all. But yes, Chris Dickerson missed cash this weekend for the first time in 238 events, which is shows you how competitive not only the playoff event is with far fewer people uh, and the cash line then being smaller, but then also how tough that course is when someone as good as Chris Dickerson who hits lines yeah. regularly. Yeah, trust me. It, <laughs> it was very much talked about uh, in our within the, uh, the, the Nate sandwich I was in, but it was, oh, I guess that's the end of that. Oh, well, I mean, our audio is still here, Terry, so we can close it out. All right. I guess we'll do that. The lights are out. What time See, is it? 1243? We, we need to raise money here so we can keep the lights on and the camera's on. <laughs> the camera the camera just died. Wow. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to call it. That's been it. Uh, thank you for joining us for the after show. This has been Smashbox TV's after show 422. Uh, yeah. I'll see most of you like next week. And uh, let's have some fun. We'll see you all there when you step inside the Smashbox. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.